Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 322, and today we'll be talking about Radio Silence from Summer Camp Island. I'm GC13. And I'm David. And the next 30 minutes is just pure silence reflecting the episode. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if this were the April 1st episode, we could do that. I love this episode. I think, um... You know, let's talk about why you wanted to skip this episode. Let's just let's just air our dirty laundry out in the open. What 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 puts you off from this episode? Or is just every other episode well, much better? Well, for one, the the upcoming episodes are pretty awesome. But no, I think that well, partially the way Oscar smashes the initial sandwich is a little just makes me be like, oh, Oscar, you you incredible incredible doofus. But I think what really really gets me is Oscar's little charades performance after he loses his gigantic explanation. No, wait, that's... I think that's what does it for me. That's an epic moment. I... You don't enjoy... I mean, by the time he's, like, replicating the movement of the monks with his ridiculous walk... Yes! I mean, that is so funny. With the the face. With the face, too. (laughs) And he doesn't break character even after Hedgehog says, Is that supposed to be me? Like, he just doesn't break to even be like, you know, shake his head. No, he just keeps up the ridiculous walk. It's a, it's beautiful. Yes, I, I think this is an Oscar, you know, throughout this uh, second half of the first season, we get more development on Hedgehog in the sense that Hedgehog actually develops into something. Whereas, I think there's a lot of Oscar development episodes where we develop our understanding of Oscar further. But Oscar doesn't develop as a character, per se. So in Radio Silence, we see the, the gap in, in, the, in the maturity of, of the friendship between Hedgehog and, and Oscar. We see it, like, the gap increases. But Oscar doesn't change in any way. It's amazing how adult and, and, and calm and smart Hedgehog can be about everything. Oscar does not in any way consider her or her sandwich situation at the beginning of the episode, and I agree, that's super cringe. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Oscar. Just take a moment to think about, you know, someone else. He tried. Like, the thing... He tried. He just is an incredibly, incredibly clumsy boy. I mean, the thing is, that's what's, like, childish about it. It's not that he's a selfish person who ignores Hedgehog. He's just so caught up in telling his story that he really can't think past it and it's not purely selfish it's just like on the childish end of my brain literally isn't developed enough to consider other people's situations and and desires and i i just find that tragic and funny because you know he falls backwards and onto that sandwich and you know hedgehog knew it was coming and she doesn't even entirely blame oscar because she knows he's (laughs) he's a little a little bit accident prone I I wonder if there was supposed to be a little bit of the Matrix in there. It's like, what's really going to bake you noodle later, Oscar, is would you have squashed the sandwich if I hadn't said anything? <laughs> he definitely, that was his destiny. <laughs> That's actually the great part about that joke is, you know, okay, now he he's destined to destroy he's the sandwich. backing up the other direction and he still slams against the wall inexplicably and then falls forward into the sandwich. Fantastic. Yeah, that's some kung fu panda right there, meeting your fate on the path you take to avoid it. But then the question becomes, there's like a more a great moral dilemma in this episode, with that, which is like, Hedgehog is willing to let time pass, be angry, and then forgive and forget and, and you know, no big deal. 
So she's just like way the adult in this situation compared to Oscar. But like, is Oscar enough in the wrong where like theoretically, philosophically, he should provide retribution? Because everyone in this episode says that he shouldn't, right? Like Hedgehog just says, give me the space. And the alien- I did, I did enjoy that. The alien says, you know, don't. I did enjoy that. I, I like how Hedgehog's like, don't try to fix it. Just let me be angry for a while. And even the even the aliens, like, you know, I think that's a bad idea. But hey, chase your rainbow. <laughs> that alien was wonderful. I, you know, I don't know why I'm just thinking of it now. But when I was watching this episode, I thought, you know, it's so great that Summer Camp Island just picked these little, I mean, are they dogs? I don't, I don't know even what to classify them as. Just these sweet animals as aliens and not, you know, some just green alien thing it's it's just so perfectly summer camp island but yeah so oscar chases this dream of retribution and i think it's actually important because it's again not selfish it's it's purely because he's trying to be a good friend i feel like restitution is a much better is, is word right for word? this than retribution right yeah. it's 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 restorative he wants to he wants to right his wrong but not because he's trying to preserve his own character, but because he's trying to preserve their friendship. And, you know, he just views this as, like, you know, in one sense it's childish because he's not listening to Hedgehog saying, like, just let time pass and it'll be fine. But in the one sense, it's it's, it's his own version of, of maturity and seeing the world, which is like, even if Hedgehog says this, I still want to do this thing for her. But not because I'm trying to prove that I'm that kind of person. Because Oscar just is that kind of person. He just is, even if he's clumsy and sometimes dense, he still is 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 loving, right? And will go to stupid lengths to do things. Now, we were talking about Steven Universe future before we started recording. And now, thanks to that, I can't help but think, Oscar's here to help. Oscar's here to help. <laughs> and everything keeps getting worse. Yeah, but see, I think that's a that's a good contrast because Steven is actually trying to prove something to himself in future. Not just that he's a good person, but that there's a specific role he can fill in people's lives and like that's his thing and then that's what will power him over his, you know, problems. And and Oscar's just not doing that in this episode. He is just legitimately trying to write something that he re- immediately realizes is wrong. Like you know, he falls on the ground on that sandwich and he's immediately like, you know, I want to I want to fix this. I mean, this is really a classic Stephen kind of episode, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's but like young Stephen would be closer to Oscar in that like child childhood naivety. I legitimately would just want to do the right thing because I can't think farther than that versus teen Stephen was too in his head yeah. for his own good about thinking through these things. Yeah, this is this is definitely Oscar as being a very classic Steven in this situation. <laughs> Meanwhile, classic Summer Camp Island, the elephone was an adorable little midpoint yes. for this episode. <laughs> I, I loved how it put the hat on before doing the voice and apparently did not need to go back to its notes to recite Hedgehog's statement word for word. Yeah, I, I think it served... I, it was very funny, and the fact that they repeated the speech, like, we basically heard the entire voicemail, and then just got it delivered again, but, you know, with the phone trying to act as, as Hedgehog. Yeah, with the hat. <laughs> it was it, it was great. But it did, I, I do feel like they didn't have that much to write in the episode. <laughs> like, there's just something about how long that took, and 
the same thing with Oscars miming how long that well, that took. You know, I, I think it's good that they give these elements time to breathe. Summer Camp Island has always had a very laid back feel. And I think the fact that they are willing to take time like that is part of that laid back feel. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Especially also the fact that this episode has a significant portion dedicated to being silent. It definitely gives the overall episode, I, at least to me, an even more laid back feel than normal, especially since the stakes are so low, because we already know that Oscar's forgiven. <laughs> it's like it's like the basketball liaries where Hedgehog makes it clear that she is going to forgive Oscar after she's done being mad at him. <laughs> also, I just love the cartoon ending where, you know, Hedgehog asks, is this going to be your voice from now on? Because, of course, his voice, he has to give it up to get into the monastery and then, you know... The person who I don't think is stolen. a monk himself, yeah, steals his voice. And I, you know, he has some other voice when he first meets Oscar, and it's not the ridiculous one yeah. that he ends up giving Oscar, but the one that he gives Oscar looks like a little miniature version of himself. So, you know, obviously this dude has a history of stealing voices and just keeps picking new yep. ones. But yeah, just the, is this going to be your voice from now on? In? <laughs> and he goes, I guess so. <laughs> just <laughs> killed me. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I have I have a headcanon about where Oscar gets his voice back. And I'm assuming that either that monk or someone at the monastery is a fan of their radio show. And as soon as they hear that voice, they're like, uh-uh, this ain't gonna do. We need to get him his old voice back. <laughs> or else. Damn it, Frank! We gotta get it! We gotta go get that kid's voice again. Oh, Frank. Come on, Frank. You had to, you had to take the co-host's voice, didn't you, Frank? <laughs> You ruined, you ruined it for me, Frank. Uh, yeah, I should have looked at who's, who the voice actor for that was. That was just a, so hilarious. That's the type of voice I hear, and I just immediately want to just <laughs> copy it and, you know, keep keep doing it for the rest of the day. And call people randomly and be like, hey! <laughs> and they have no idea what's going on. But, yeah. Episodes of Steven Universe we never got. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I could totally see a, uh, voice-based, um, I, that, that definitely falls within the realm of gem powers, for sure. Um, of course, Steven's dealt with more, uh, disturbing voice-swapping, person-swapping Im- implications yeah, yeah. before. St- Steven gets gassed by a corrupted monster in a fight, and it just makes his voice go all weird because he's half-gem, half-human. So he just runs around Beach City annoying everybody with his silly voice until it comes back. Yeah, until you realize that the dust was actually just like the uh, breakfast scroll monster that, uh, you know, it's tiny particles of Jem's consciousness all trying to rise through Steven. And then it's very dark and sad. Yeah, that they yeah, they probably would do that. They try to take him over from the inside like he's uh, like he's an object that they're embedded in. Dude, that's actually the most horrifying way I think that powder could be used. Sort of like when you breathe in insulation. And all those little sharp crystals Ugh. damage your lungs. Imagine that, but it's like gem dust. And they are many horrifying little pieces of consciousness that are in great pain, and now they're in your lungs. <laughs> they start off by changing his voice, and they start making him say things he doesn't want to say, and then they start puppeting him. Oh my gosh. And Pearl has a freak out moment. 
Actually, I you know, that could be the Steven Universe concept that ties into like bloodbending, right? Where just Ugh. there's this horrifying final fate of gems where they become dust and implanted into bodies. It's like it's like bloodbending, except you have to murder somebody before you control them. <laughs> or before you control somebody else. I mean I mean, isn't that what Gem Shard's original pitch kinda was though anyway? Like, let's take pieces of gems and put them in armor because that's yeah. a thing we do. That's amazing that all those little early pieces of Steven Universe that make the diamonds so much more horrifying make it so much sadder that we didn't get more time to develop the yeah. atrocities of them. It's fine. So, yeah. I, I, I like the title card, though, for Radio Silence. Oscar on the unicorn. And, and then, of course, we do get him riding up on the unicorn. And then the unicorn gets the sandwich in the end. Well, yeah, I, I guess it many lulls were had. D- does get it off off their horn, which was adorable. I mean, it's like, no, not the horse. Actually, this is better. That's my general opinion on the unicorns. What else to say? Those monks have a, a hardcore sandwich making operation going on. Yeah. So where does Sasquatches fit within this? Uh, you know, is it a hierarchy? There's some sort of I don't know. Are they really opposed to the Yetis? I don't know. These large mammals doing their own thing. I, I like mm. I like the expanding of the elder animals and their weirdly pseudo religious roles. <laughs> this one's the most you know s- explicitly one. Like the other ones, you know, maintain some kind of balance of magic on the island or or something, or they just dance when there's storms. But you know, there's some kind of harbingers of the truth or whatever. But these guys just make sandwiches that are apparently really good. Yeah, very good. Well, they they do pay very close attention to the consistency of the peanut butter. I don't know how a sandwich could be. I mean, Oscar screams, and he was warned, but he screams. I would love to experience oh, yeah. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that made me scream like that. Like, is it the tartness of the jelly mixed with the absolute creamiest peanut mm. butter, or is the peanut butter a little chunky? I wonder how opinionated the crew is on what the perfect uh, peanut butter consistency is. You know, I, I, they, they did show that one monk that was matching the peanut butter to the jelly, and I think he determines, based on the, the jelly that he's given... Which the appropriate peanut butter is. Mm. I think they I think they have peanut butter for every every jellied half. It's like if you watch Jim Sterling, there's no perfect pasta sauce, only perfect pasta sauces. <laughs> there's no perfect sandwich, only perfect sandwiches. That's that's a really beautiful idea. Yeah. So whether whether you get one that's creamy or whether you get one that's chunky, you can be assured that it will be equally perfect. So, uh, would you say that we're done discussing radio silence? Ah, I guess so. <laughs> well, you heard the man. That's it for us on radio silence. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And uh, I'm not doing that. I'm David. Uh, you know, review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.